Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 458 featuring Kat Dows, who's going to teach us about Nowism. I met Kat over at THU Japan through Ryan Woodward. Uh, she's a fascinating person, uh, very, very smart, uh, very funny too, which I always like, enjoyed her company. Uh, and uh, she's teaching something called Nowism, which I think is really fascinating. Um, and you can check, we'll hear all about it on the podcast, obviously, but uh, it, it really can sort of help people focus in certain areas. And I think right now people are very concerned about what's going on in their future with things like AI uh, and how does that affect their jobs uh, and in terms of things like, you know, the strikes and how jobs are become not necessarily as secure as they thought they were going to be, especially in what we do. And this could be really cool to sort of put some presence into what you're doing and to think about what's happening. So it was really great to talk to her. Uh, you can go, definitely go check out her website at catdows.com uh, and uh, learn much more about what's going on. But, you know, l- listen to the podcast and it'll be a little bit clearer about everything that's going on. Really cool to have Kat on to talk about all these cool things. Uh, okay, a uh, couple of announcements. Uh, yes, Vantage 2 Update 2 is out and I'm very excited about it. It's got lots of new updates to it, including uh, displacement and hair and fur have now been added to full real-time ray tracing, uh, something that I've been using a lot of Vantage lately and it's really, really exciting. So I uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next updates because they just keep uh, creating these really, really cool advances in Vantage. Uh, we also have have a V-Ray 6 update 2 has come out as well uh, for SketchUp and Rhino. Uh, includes many, many updates, including V-Ray first uh, Grasshopper updates. So uh, definitely go check that out. Just go to chaos.com for all of our product updates over there. Uh, we don't have any events uh, lined up just yet or anything that I'm going to announce just net yet. I just uh, want to sort of jump into the podcast. Uh, but for those of you who want to know more about the podcast, uh, just go to uh, chaos.com slash CG Garage. Uh, that's where all of our podcasts are, are stored. And if you'd like to watch this podcast, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. That's where we store all our videos, including our podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest some uh, some podcasts, we had many of them that were really great in 2023, and I would like to, we're even going to do so, uh, some suggestions in 2024. Uh, so please, please just email us, labs at chaos.com. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, please enjoy episode number 458 with Kat Dows. Welcome to another CG Garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. What's always easier for everyone is to know a little bit about your background. What, where, where, where did you come from? What, what, what is the thing that inspired you that sort of made you the person you are today? Oh, <laughs> such a big cosmic question. Um, so, yeah, my name is Kat Dawes. I, yeah, I came from a background in theater and dance, music. Really? Yeah. Um, I've always. I've always loved theatrics and um, entertainment. But then I've also got a sort of metaphysical, spiritual interest, philosophy, 
uh, spirituality, religions have always, I always had that question as a kid, like, you know, wh- wh- where do we really come from? Like, what's the biggest story here? Mm-hmm. And so my mission um, has been to create a cross-pollination of entertainment and metaphysics to bring forth the ancient message in sort of a funky new package, hence um, my now business, which is called Nowism. Yes. Yeah, where I'm <laughs> um, promoting the present moment. It's a full-time gig. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know. And that's kind of interesting. And I want to get into what that is, uh, uh, but not just right now. (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemy. I know. But I do want to, I'm just joking. But now I do want to talk about a little bit about what, you know, obviously your your background and your dance and your performance Mm and theater, like how did that influence uh, the things that you do, like why? Why did you get interested in dance and theater when mm. you were when you I'm were younger? Born into it, yeah. My mother was a dancer. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, she owned a, a ballet school in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so you know, I spent the days on a polished wooden floor as a little one. You know, just waiting for the time when I could stand at that bar and join the bigger humans in the in the classes. So, yeah, it was really just by default, I would say. But I did have a love for it, and I had a natural talent for it too, so I, I stuck with it for quite a while and, um, and then eventually moved into musical theatre stuff, um, cruise boats and that sort of thing. Really? Until eventually I had a, a deeper sort of desire to not just – you know, be an instrument in other people's works of art, but rather I felt like I had something to say, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then I took to the streets of Sydney. Took to the a, streets. Yeah, as a busker, we call it. Really? But not all American humans know that word, busking. Do you what know is busking? Is? No, yeah, okay. Busking is, you know, when you stand on the street with your guitar and you Oh, sing. street performer. Yeah, street performer. Yeah, right. busking. <laughs> busking, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so, yeah, that's when my first um, shot at, yeah, like the the message of like just connecting with humans and and through song and there's something so incredible about music in particular that just it's it says a lot of things without saying it, you know. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I was, I was very taken by that, and it was the beginning of a, a wonderful path. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Izzard did that too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's it's a way to to connect with people that and you have to get their attention. You have to catch their precious attention and it's not easy and you have to have a a real like sort of decision to be there because you really love it. Now, when you're making a living from it too, that can add a little mushy Stress. sort of line there. So, But that's what then really connects me to this sort of metaphysical stuff too is like, mm-hmm. well, can I be the right condition to attract money in the present moment mm-hmm. as well as like through music and, you know, um, banging on about some message that's important <laughs> to me, preaching my little socks off as a, you know, 21-year-old. Right. You know, um, can, that, can that really um, call forth the financial support that one needs to exist? Sure. And, yeah, I, I had an amazing ride with that actually. Taught me a lot. How long were you doing that? Yeah, probably – Wow, three or four years solid. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I made a good living from it. I, you know, rented a unit down there in Bondi Beach okay. in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good times. That was a good time, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, what's so, so, okay, so you, there is something that you, you do where you're thinking about the message of what, how it implies, what it does for you uh, in ter- spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. In terms mm-hmm. of the message you're trying to do spiritually. What were the, what were the things that you learned? from that process in those four years that you were doing there? Yeah, I learned the 
the art of service. When mm. you're um, when you're on the street singing for a living, mm -hmm. people can assume your story. Actually, it puts you in a very vulnerable position where some people can assume you're homeless or that you have some addiction problem or you know right. something to this sort of nature. But while you were standing there and doing the hours, and I had a regular spot or two that I would just oh, that was my place. Mm -hmm. You do get to know the homeless folk. Mm -hmm. on the streets you do you do start to see like the politics of the street and and this sort of thing and and what i really learned was the art of gratitude of being truly grateful for that which i do have mm -hmm. seeing that around me many others don't have so much and then also witnessing the radical generosity of homeless people who would be given a ten dollar bill but then would come and give it to me because there I am standing there banging out a tune and for them they're, they're just in this sort of cycle of having and not having on their level in that paradigm of poor or homeless or call, call it whatever you want. Some of us call it free. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on how you want to look at it. Sure. But, but yeah, there's, there's a, I learned a lot from, from being in that lane. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. Was it hard? Can be, yeah. It was sometimes hard. Sometimes it was really hard. I mean, sometimes when it's cold and it's raining, you stand there and you sing anyway, you know, because you have to. Um, other times it's exhilarating and you meet the most awesome humans that are so generous, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've looked down more than once and there's a thousand dollars in the in the guitar case, you know, because of someone's generosity and just whatever whatever happened, like my story collided with theirs and they just felt an opportunity to give. And so that, I think that makes you into a giver when mm -hmm. you are relying on the generosity of strangers to catch their precious attention, to maybe move them. I mean, I had so many people quit their jobs standing in front of the guitar case listening to me banging out a tune and then they'd take their tires off like, right, that's it. I'm not going back. I actually hate my job and I, I've got to take a risk. I've got to try something new out and yeah just witnessing some of the raw moments of humanity they feel open to share what yeah. were you what were you sharing with them that caused them to make that decision well it's sort of the beginning of the message of nowism was through lyrics song lyrics okay you know? so so yeah i was i was singing about that you can choose to be happy and that you're creating your reality and you know all that sort of fun stuff and and yeah um quite often they're regular folk that um like you know um in in that community going to work back and forth every day and i'd be there and i'd be there and you know sometimes it'd be a year before they'd actually talk to me and then they would have this like moment of you know a, a raw truth coming through and i'd be their witness you know mm -hmm. yeah there's quite a few stories like that taking place that's really interesting. Mm. So this was it. So this was the catalyst for you. You were saying you were singing songs, you were witnessing people, you were seeing generosity, and you saw you had something you could share with other people. And that sort of was the catalyst for what yeah. you're to call now, your nowism, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the being able to share a message that can maybe just slightly uplift someone feels like a good idea. Right. You know, and and yeah, I got more and more attracted to that because there's there's something just so beautiful when you when it's not just about the money that you got in the case, but rather when someone comes over and actually thanks you for mm -hmm. putting a little 
break in the mundaneness of their day or whatever it's yeah you start to realize that may, well maybe there's something bigger going on you know and you, sure yeah yeah so so what 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 happened for, for what, what made you stop doing that specific thing and start to do other things did you go from there to suddenly saying i'm going to do this thing called nowism or did it sort of evolve from there what was the evolution um, yeah, it's a great question i actually um i met a, a guy who wanted to play guitar too you know we and we used to busk together and then i had a bit of a radical plot twist where i wanted to actually go out into the world and to see does my conversation with the universe go beyond just busking, you mm -hmm. know, and can you actually become the condition for what you need as you need it going out there? And so I took a more radical decision, which was to go and hitchhike around Africa for a year. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Risky. <laughs> yes. My, <laughs> my parents were not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have family in Southern Africa, and so it wasn't totally alien to me. But, but yeah, to heading up through Swaziland into Mozambique and Malawi and Zambia and Zimbabwe and these places. I mean, you know, I was really moved by a lot of books that I was reading about this conversation that you are having with the universe, that you are co-creating. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to see that if you take away what us in the Western world would say the safety nets, and if you pull those out mm – -hmm. And I mean, I rocked up there with probably about 200 bucks mm -hmm. to my name and to just head north and, and see what story emerges when there is not really a plan, but you have a, an intention and to just sort of keep fertilizing the soil of the possibilities and then just see what story unfolds in the day. Mm -hmm. That's when life got really, really interesting in terms of nowism, my conviction for this practice and why I teach it now to hundreds of people around the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it was a really, um, very good boot camp. Yeah. It's, I remember very specifically when I, uh, you know, I didn't think I, th I told you, but I used, I was, uh, lived, I grew up most of my life as an American in Europe. And then I came to the United States until I was 17 and I went right. to the school and there was, you know, I was kind of learning America for the first time as an American, which was mm -hmm. kind of a strange thing. But I remember there was a guy, he was Dutch, actually. Uh, no, he was Danish. Mm -hmm. um, but he did a slideshow called America or something like that. But he hitchhiked around America and saw like the underclass of the United States, which is something that's not very well documented. And mm -hmm. he did this slideshow of all of these encounters of people that were living in Harlem and all these different places mm -hmm. and all this incredible stuff. And I remember seeing this and being very, very emotional about it, realizing like, you know, because I too, I lived in Cairo when I was a kid. So I did see the underclass mm -hmm. of Cairo, but realized that that underclass actually existed in the United States too, or not just privilege. And so being thankful for these things is something that I absolutely understand what mm -hmm. you're trying to say. And it was so moving to yeah. see that, that journey that he went through. So when you started to describe Africa and your journey, I just, that picture of that guy traveling through the United States, yeah. having a similar journey just came to mind. Yeah. And how it's, it's very spiritual. Yeah, it is. And it's, and it's tricky to put it into words to really like pack the punch of what really happens to you when you throw yourself out into the world and especially in a culture like Africa is a very big word and it's a very big it's a continent huge continent <laughs> you know so Africa is very general and I um but to cross those borders with 
you know, the Lonely Planet Guide, which, by the way, I used to debate whether I should keep carrying it because it was quite heavy. It was a kilo. Right. You know, like it was, you know, it was a heavy book to haul around. And then you'd, you'd, you'd mission to get to this backpackers in Malawi. You get there and the place is run down and it's gone. You mm-hmm. know, like there's so many crazy, incredible stories that just threw your heart wide open into, into having true trust. Sure. That life is working for you and not against you. Yeah. How long were you doing that? How long did you? One year. One year. Okay. Yeah, one whole year. And is that 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 was a thing that finally like? That was an initiation. That yeah. was your initiation. Yeah, because when you're on the road and you walking streets carrying water because you don't know if there's water where you're headed, mm-hmm. you know, Africa and all the different diseases, the dogs, the things like you know, there's you you have to have a game with your consciousness to stay aligned and to stay positive, especially when you've been standing trying to get a ride for a few hours and the sun's going down and you have no clue. You know, there's, there is a game to play in your own mind so that you lean towards the alkalinity of positivity and possibility instead of actual problems and, and fear. potential fear, <laughs> doubt, worry, right. lack, loss, you know, all things. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, so, uh, how did you turn that? How did you turn that into Nowism? And then explain what Nowism is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, through yeah, being schooled by having no schedule and doing a year in Africa, and it wasn't that unlike um, the busking in some ways. Like, there's a it's a distant cousin sure. of a similar type of trust, a similar sort of faith. Um, I returned back in Australia with a really sort of excited spirit of like, oh, there's so many possibilities and you really can create something out of nothing. I had some amazing stories happen in that journey. And, and what I did learn for sure is that if you can keep offering the universe, I'm trying to not sound too woo-woo, but it's a bit difficult, you know, but if you can offer in your energy, in your focus – a leaning towards possibility or potential instead of problems, mm-hmm. something starts to happen. And if you do it like going to a gym and you work a muscle and you look for what's working instead of being in such an excellent description of what's not working, which is very much our culture today. Mm-hmm. We are very much in a culture of what's not working and why things need to change and in you know how it could be better and 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 what I learned is through a persistent, consistent tuning of the way that I'm speaking to myself, the way that I'm processing reality, that actually you become a condition for synchronicities and you turn up in the right place at the right time. I started to look very lucky, let's just say that. And um, lucky meaning, yeah, I would walk into the answers. I started to look like I was walking into the answers every single time. And, And what I knew was that in my interiority, I'm actually practicing something though. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little secret sort of ninja stance that I had with my consciousness to continue to become a condition for success. Interesting. Yeah. And so then I started to teach it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I started to teach it. Um, so how did you do this? How, do you, how, how did you come up with, I mean, is it your name or is it a thing that existed before? Or? Right. It's, that's a great question. You know, when I looked it up, because I, actually I was just drawing, I was doodling and um I was drawing this sort of very androgynous, contemporary-looking, meditating person. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom of it, I wrote Nowism. 
that person is practicing Taoism, which is the art of conscious participation in the present moment. Right. And then I was like, Taoism, and I got really fascinated with it. I was like, I wonder if that word is it is existing. used there. right. And so I I googled it back then, which was like really early internet. It was actually an art movement in the forties originally. It was yes, that yeah. was gonna because I looked yeah. it up too. Yeah, did you? Yeah, <laughs> of course I did. Yeah, yeah. And then it can also be used in the exact opposite of how I use it. Nowism yes. is the frivolous sort of um, only consumerism. Being, yes, only being not thinking of the future. That, right. Yeah, yeah, right. But being really throwaway and um, I don't care how much I consume in the present moment because like right. now is all you've got. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's not the, that's not what you have no. at all. Obviously not. No, it's yeah. quite the opposite. And, and so, yeah, the, the other way that it came through originally, in fact um, – I think I would have given you one of these ones. You did. Um, yeah. Was, you know, when I, I was playing with this word and I really was in love with the idea that now really is all we've got, like the present moment, but now is eternal. And I was so like caught up in this, the beauty of this, this sort of concept. And I sat in front of a computer and I wanted to have something truly powerful and amazing happen. So I like sat and I breathed and I bring myself into the present moment and then I wrote on the screen now, N-O-W, and then I sat there. And then underneath it, I wrote voucher. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I was like, that's super weird, like now voucher. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, use this now, now, get another now free. <laughs> and then my whole reality just like rippled into this branding of taking ancient wisdom and turning it into, into a sort of traditional a, marketing. Right. And to, it's so funny, though. It's to be really playful with the seriosity of our paperwork and the red tape that we do. Can I've you got. do me a favor? Can you read yeah. the, the, yeah, yeah, read this sure. card? Because I'd love the people the, to hear On it. the back, yeah. Well, the, well, well yeah. yes. Well, it says, so is we, this now? Yes. Unlimited offer. Unlimited offer. Yes. Now voucher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Use this now, now, and get another now free. Then we've got a, an infinity sign. Right. And it says, yeah, it's an authentic nowism reminder. Uh-huh. And on the back in the fine print, it says, valid now, offer never ends, best used deliberately, non-refundable but instantly renewable, not exclusive to time and space. Conditions apply if you put them there. <laughs> Spontaneous use recommended, may induce random laughter, wow, now. <laughs> you know, and then make this moment count. Right. On behalf of the present moment, thanks for filling it up consciously. <laughs> And that's, you know, this is, this was the birth of an entire flavor of spirituality where I I always felt like spirituality really needed new marketing. Like I remember trying to talk to my dad about some of the revelations that I'd had, like even just reading about Buddhism or Christianity or Mm. any of that stuff. And he just used to shut down like full atheist vibes. And I was like, man, it needs... Spirituality needs new marketing. Like it, it's gotten a little bit heavy, a little bit old, a little bit heady. Sure. You know? And so, yeah, I, the voucher led way to the time and space contract. We've got VIP backstage passes to the present moment. I've got now soap, wash your hands of the past, warrant for your rest, you know, evictions from the comfort zone. I mean, there's an onslaught of playful things, which has become the curriculum of nowism, which is what I teach. Right. Right. That's I, I I love it because it put a smile on my face uh-huh. and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And it also makes me feel like it's not I'm not I'm not too concerned that this is going to be too serious. This is going to make me just yeah. feel good. Right. And that's where for me entertainment 
stories and fables and play. They're the greatest educators. Like, you know, we can sit and watch a talking head metaphysical conversation or mindset conversation, personal development, and they're great. But mm -hmm. to throw it into a playful sort of um, instrumentality is a, a function mm -hmm. is really like, for me, more memorable. It's catchy. You know, we play with stuff. I have a curriculum called The Game of Nowism, and okay. we play with cleaning up the pollution of your mental atmosphere. Try oh. not to be a moment terrorist. Right. You know, activate your inner now ninja. Go to the thank bank. Be grateful. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. like just being easy about it, being playful has created great results for me personally and okay. also a lot of my clients, yeah. So explain that. What is So you do you do have a business then. So how, yeah. how does it work? So what's, what are people getting out of this and how do people Okay, so out? the game of nowism has been helping hundreds of people around the world um, to clean up their mental atmosphere and to basically learn your patterns of stress and sadness and madness mm -hmm. and learn how to like sh offset that and shift it into a mastery of present moment so basically what it is and at the moment we're COVID sent everyone online obviously and mm -hmm. so that that was a wonderful time for me actually we had people from all over the world joining the nowism game which is a 12-week online sort of extravaganza of this content where mm -hmm. you're on a task to um, win the moment and to save it from unnecessary negativity mm -hmm. And so we um, cultivate an understanding of your own inner villains. So you've got your moment terrorists. And then you meet your inner ally, which is your now ninja. Mm -hmm. And you, you learn the, there's a whole toolbox for consciousness. We've mm. got a switch. We've got a quack, water up a duck's back. We've got a mm -hmm. reframe. We've got the shift and the lift. And there's like a, a series of tools that assist you to sort of manage the present moment so that you can, you can sort of – surf the day with a level of ease and flow and ultimately to become unbotherable right so that you can you can live a happy playful generous abundant life and mm. not get too, too caught up in the fear campaigns okay so yeah. i have i i know that a lot of my listeners are going to need some specific help in this area because mm -hmm. right now they're all panicking there's a lot of panic happening right, right now there is. in the creative space. Specifically, mm -hmm. most of the things, if you ask anyone what they're worried about, they're all worried about AI is going to take their jobs, right. AI is stealing their work, AI, yeah. AI, AI. Mm -hmm. And most of that is dealing with unknowns. Yes. And they don't know their value. Yeah. They don't know that they still have value, what that value is, how they can change that value. Yeah. What would you, if, if you're going to look at someone who's, Dealing with this. And the, I don't think for some of them, the pandemic didn't help. It made things worse. Mm -hmm. Right. 100%. How, how are they going to, uh, what is some of the, some of the tools that mm -hmm. they can use, you know, beyond working with you more directly, but what are some of the things that could help them out yeah. in terms of understanding? No, that's that? a really good question. And I'm, I'm super honored to offer value. Um, so first of all, I want to, I want to mention that there would have been a time where the people that were thriving in the horse and cart market freaked sure. out when the car came along sure you know there was you know the candle market when electricity and light bulbs came along like there's there are so many moments in human history where there's been a paradigm breaking moment and so first of all we either react or respond to things and mm -hmm. so at first of course we're having a reaction to ai it's so fascinating and it's so scary simultaneously and um, my heart goes out to a lot of the artists who are straddling both worlds 
to um, cultivate a response instead of a reaction is really the premise of Nowism. So what if there's a great gift in this? What if there was a way to um, sort of adapt a new flow? What if, what if the rise of AI is actually a part of the initiation of my own evolution as an artist? Mm-hmm. And so it requires new questions. But do you see how it's a the difference between a reaction and a response is a type of contemplation. Okay. You know, like what if what if there is good here? What if there is a possibility? What if what if this is a really important part of me becoming a greater artist? What if the rise of AI puts a huge value on human art eventually? Mm-hmm. You know, so first of all, to remember you have a choice to react or respond. Mm-hmm. Second of all is to I recommend you know, to train the mind to look at what's working. We get really obsessed with what's not working, mm. you know, and and the inflammation of interpretation is really a huge part of the problem. We, when we fan the flames of only the issue, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Meanwhile, there are so many things that are working. And so to soften the edge a little bit by just keep noticing what's working because there's a lot of things working Mm. what are they the fact i can take a breath there's a big blue sky our microphones are working you know like this coffee that your wife made is so delicious you know (laughs) like there's the list of what's working is bigger right by doing these things so you're wondering well how does this help the rise of ai and the war of the things that is taking place by like solutions are not created by the energy of the problem. Right. Right. Being in like a very paraphrasing who's at Einstein, you know, um, but the, you know, the energy of debate and the problem is not going to fertilize the answer. Right. So to soften the present moment, to get involved with more alkaline energies instead of a toxic sort of shitstorm of a commentary of what's not working, oh my God. Right. Like that that was softened. And that's where we become the condition for insight, for new ideas, for revelation. And so yeah, but it's a huge conversation, right? I mean this right. is the beginning of a very big conceptual yeah, but that's is that I think yeah. one of the things that has become very interesting, and especially in social media, right? Social media thrives on negativity. Mm-hmm. It by design. Yeah, media, right. Because because they know that more people are going to share anger than they're going to share joy. Right, right. <laughs> so how do we make joy sexy again? Yeah, how, they, they, that's a just, right. just yes. That's exactly my question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> Use this now, now get another now free. Right, but if, you know, but people yeah. don't engage with sexy. No. Well, yeah. they do engage with sexy, but not that kind of joy. Right, right, right. And this is a cultural situation. We have inherited a fear campaign here, and it's yes. and it's got incredibly genius marketing. It's yes. coming in through like TVs and magazines and billboards. It's like on your news feeds. It's, it's everywhere. It's propaganda, though. Propaganda is. is based on fear. It is, and it's very successful currently. Right. And meanwhile, there are, there's a lot of beauty in this world, but our culture is interested in the problems. Now, this is something Ryan and I talk about quite a lot because even though we know that this 
fear campaign is legit and it's and the whole the whole fight here is the currency is to get hold of your currency which is not your money it's your attention it's your attention well right? well your attention turns into dollars though right it does so through advertising but the universal currency is your precious but attention. this is what's so brilliant about this is because right. this is in the language of advertising right <laughs> right, and that's where the interruption. I'm, I'm, I'm using the card that she's yes. talking about. <laughs> there is an interruption, a yes. disruption that I really wanted to to try and capture right. using a, a a brilliantly metaphysically like a, a poignant message, but but delivered through the tackiest possibility. Right, you know, um, there is a, this this fear campaign. Even though so many of us know that it's a fear campaign, we still invest our precious attention. Mm-hmm. And here's what's really funny. Then we get we we get angry at the anger, or we get sad about the sadness, or we get frustrated at the frustration. Right. And the problem here is we're accidentally still voting for the very dystopian future yes. that we're we're arguing right now that is that it, this is not surely this is not the way. And so my um my invitation is for us to get interested in what's working sure and that's a discipline actually it's much easier to go flicking through socials and and to see another drama or to see another daggy human on instagram that's pretending that their life is perfect you know that we and then we bitch about it and but to to actually put a quality control department in place Mm. and to be be on the front line here of the change and to represent the energy of the answer and to actually um, spread this message and and encourage people in coffee shops to talk about possibilities instead of problems. Right. You know, we sit down and we compare the bills of the tax and the, you know, the fuel and the things and, you know, it's such a predictable boring conversation like sit <laughs> sit down and talk about possibilities yes sit down and talk about like the the ripple effect of kindness and and, and something amazing that you saw today that blew your mind i think you it's know? so sad you know just in exactly what you said like creativity and art should always be the thing that inspires and, and does and somehow it got sucked into the rabbit hole of this negativity it, really did. it did you know and look it's i mean every everything has its place and space and i know that like um Hardcore, you know, messaging through art has its has its place, and it can be very powerful to shift people into a new mindset. But I do feel like what really matters here is the in between moments, and mm-hmm. our in between moments are being filled with the fear campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, what if it doesn't work out? What if we run out of time? What if humans really are doomed? Like, what if? What if? You know, like there's right. there is so much genius amongst us. There's so much fun amongst us. There's so much brilliance and beauty and and so much kindness too but we've got to start talking about it we've got to get interested in it right yeah well i i what role could art and creativity play in sort of bringing back that feeling and making people excited about it again yeah i think it's about bringing it back to airtime Airtime. Airtime? Airtime, like when I say airtime, I mean that in a nowism context. Airtime in our minds. When when there is art that is encouraging people to play or to think or to imagine or to share or to be kind, like mm-hmm. something to participate in, here's a now, pass it on, you know, like mm-hmm. when when art plays a role and encourages a momentum that that 
then it's getting more airtime in people's minds. Oh, I see what you're saying. And yep. then airtime on televisions and radios right. and, and podcasts and, you know, the airtime because currency really is our attention. So how do we how do we amplify a message of possibilities mm. so that it's getting more airtime? You sure. know, and I, I truly believe that global transformation takes place through individuals. Like that's when I wake up, Absolutely. everybody benefits. Right. So this is the bit where we're not so helpless. Maybe it only begins and ends right here in our own homes. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's it. So I have a, a deep passion for storytelling, specifically in, in film and movies. I love, I love great stories mm-hmm. and I love how they how they tell things but i think what it's what something has come up more recently where stories heroes used to not be heroic in Mm. movies heroes used to be seriously flawed and sometimes in really bad ways um and the role that those stories used to be was for you to look at that the badness in those characters mm. and see that reflected in yourself and make you realize that that's the person you don't want to be anymore. Right. Right. And so now it seems that stories are only showing you the model of what you should be rather than self-reflection of how you need mm. to change. Do you think that that's true in terms of making the choices that you make today? hundred <laughs> um, percent. You know, Ryan, my husband, Ryan, and I talk about this a lot that a lot of the heroes come into this story's flawless, yes. flawless being. Superheroes. You know, they're not even heroes. They're superheroes. Yeah, and they're, they're foxy-looking things. You yeah. know, they're very charismatic. <laughs> but, and there's, but there's no way to connect with that. You know, like sure. there's, and and this is, I feel like it's, I feel like the real task here is for the the great storytellers to step forwards, and to. The independence, you know, like because obviously there's a commercialization of the campaign of fear, which is tro- it's hard to get the good stories in there. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I do, I do feel like the stories today um, are lacking the reflective nature. There was a time where I would leave a cinema and I would think about that movie f- for days and days on end, like you'd just be so moved by it. But but now that is that is truly lacking. I do feel like. Yeah, the, to to look for yourself in another, in the story, in a friend, in a stranger, that is the ultimate, like, awake move that you can that you can make, like, from your own consciousness to to be interested in where's the reflection here? Like, what am I? Where is me in this? Right. And I, but I feel like it's a type of person that goes about life from that space. You know, when you when you go to a movie. It's a type of person that will look for themselves in the story, you know. And I don't know if that's an education thing or cultural. Yeah, it's hard because you know there's such a difference, right? There's ways that you can look at reflection of yourself as either empathy or narcissism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you you know if you're looking at yourself and you're trying to reflect on who you are and where you want to be, what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And is it okay to just think about yourself? Yeah. Right. 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 I think that there is a that inflammation of narcissism is it's very interesting. The um, rise of social media and the pointing of the camera back, which then rises up this comparison, and there's a real plague of lack of self worth. Mm-hmm. Unworthiness is a plague amongst us, you know. And I, and I, yeah, I, it's my great hope that the that the 
the truly brilliant storytellers will stop being so shy, come out from amongst us and continue to rise up in, in great stories. It's very much needed, you know, during this time in human history. And I, I think there should be probably a renaissance. I hope so. Uh, We were making a comment on my other podcast, Martini Giant, that there was a warning on a movie on Hulu, I believe, that said, you know, warning may have, you know, sexual content, drug use. And it says one of the warnings was unlikable protagonist character. That was a warning. Are you serious? Yes. That's radical. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I'm just giving my husband eye contact. What? Yes. Yeah. Is that insane? It because, really is. I mean, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they're changing the edit of uh, of uh, 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 the French connection because he's mm. too too racist. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's the whole point. Yeah. The whole point is to take him and realize mm. that he's a really horrible person. Yeah. There's one thing that I've learned from Ryan Woodward is about the, you know, making sure that your your villain isn't just straight up unlikable like to, to create like a conflict in the viewer there where oh are they are they are you relate to the villain yeah, yeah you know are they just misunderstood or you or you hear that that backstory and you start to connect with them i mean that's what great stories to do is where the thematic argument is so mm-hmm. strong that you have to think as a viewer whereas the stories are really being dished out as this is what you're going to think mm-hmm. and it's like yeah pro- propaganda on smack you know it's crazy yeah yeah. yeah, one of my favorite comedies is actually Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And the reason I love it so much is that each person, either good or bad, has the opportunity to be good or bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and so clever. everyone has either has a flaw or redeems themselves in some way. Right. You know, and it's the kind of one of the things that makes you realize how human we all are. And so everyone you encounter actually has that opportunity to fail in front of you or be right. good or good in front of you. Yeah, you know? it's a topic that we, I deal with a lot in my classes too where you know you have a friendship for many years and suddenly there's some sort of weird little plot twist and you become the villain in that person's life right and people break up with you like even and you just didn't see it coming and there's this like cross wires of story and who did what and why and, and it it's could like, all be a misunderstanding right a huge misunderstanding and suddenly you find yourself playing the actual role of the villain for so, in someone else's story and it's like it's such an incredibly humbling thing to experience and and i love that i I think that everybody goes through a period where you've become the villain in someone's life for whatever reason and it for me it's always created this this deep sort of surrender and ultimately compassion towards the the greatest story of all of us there's always missing information every time yeah I have a feeling that there's, you know, in the creative side of things, I have a feeling there's some people who have become villains in other people's minds just because they have embraced AI as a tool in their in their thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, and there's, you know, yeah, there's. I like the idea of missing information because we're we all only know what we think we know. You know, and you don't sure. know what you don't know. Yeah, and you know, whatever drives people to make new decisions or to evolve is very personal mm-hmm. it's something that we see in families a lot you know maybe you've experienced this in your family where you decide to work on something in you and change a part of your behavior but your family feels like they know you so well they're like oh yeah you know 
give it a go, mate, but we, we know who you really are. And so the holding you to your past, to the looping of right. your old patterns. Your past, yes. Like, I know how you behaved 15 years ago, and yeah. I'm still going to hold you accountable right. for that. Right, you know, and it's, yeah, one of the greatest <laughs> gifts we can give each other is this sort of fresh slate. You know, right. what, what if there is a gift here? And again, it's that that whole, the context of the nowism practice is to is to look for, you know, there's an evolutionary gift here. What is it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to grow from this, even if it's a shit circumstance. Like I'm going to, I'm going to find something in this right. eventually. You know, and I and I feel like it can it can soften some of the suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about story because I think story is something that's very something I'm passionate about. I know it's mm-hmm. definitely something Ryan's passionate about, uh, and uh, I, I think there's something about story that's about the that is important in what you describe as nowism. Mm-hmm. So how does how does story fit in and how do you structure that story mm-hmm. for yourself to be able to get to your next evolution of where you want to be? Right. It's a great question. And um, at the front door of the nowism curriculum, I introduce you back to yourself as free will, that you've come from eternity into time and that you are here to unfold as a great story. Mm-hmm. And that's your gig here. And your job is to co-create reality the best you can. Try to remember that you're creating reality mm-hmm. through the currency of your precious attention. Mm-hmm. And that you're, you're going to unfold into a great story. So your job is to remember that you're the lead character in a story. And this is another thing that Ryan and I love to contemplate quite often is that when we go to a cinema and you go and watch a movie – you sort of, ex- if it's going to be a great film, right, you mm-hmm. expect the lead character to face some part of themselves, hopefully that wound of a, mm-hmm. of a true hero in a story where they they get to a dark place, they face something unknown, they have their backs against the wall, they don't know how they're going to get through, but then they they evolve or change either themselves or something in the environment. They, they have to shift something mm-hmm. in order to have the breakthrough. And it's really interesting that we approach a film knowing that we're looking for that that exceptional scene where oh, there's going to be like a huge breakthrough mm-hmm. moment. But then, when it comes to our own lives, we don't really want the dark moment. We don't want to like face unknown, have our backs against the wall. Like we sort of want to. No, very, we avoid it like crazy. We want to be in a predictable, boring film, actually, where mm-hmm. the lead character is doing the same thing in the same way, and it's all very safe, right. you know, and so. One of the premises of the game of nowism is to remember that you're the hero in this story and that if you find yourself in one of those annihilating chapters where you are free-falling and you have fear and you're worried and your back's against the wall, to just have one finger on being the writer and the director as well that's got the bird's-eye view of the story, that this is the, this is the, this is the peak moment in a story where you're being initiated to grow your wings. Yeah. And so you're about to get into the third act. Right. <laughs> and so there, and I feel like this creative sort of filter to look at your own life mm-hmm. through this sort of this filter of creativity. And like, I'm, I'm a lead character in this story allows for you to just have a little pilot light of hope for those moments where, you know, the shift has hit the fan and you really don't know what's about to happen just to remember that yeah perhaps you're about to grow your wings right yeah now i want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges and you sort of hinted a little bit about this when you were you know uh, working in the streets of of sydney you still had the responsibility of earning enough money Mm -hmm. right yeah 
yeah. that's hard. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. s- you stuck to your guns. You said your story. You did you what you need to do. But yeah. you had to think about like, but I still have to make enough money. Yes. yes. I can't just do what I want to do, and I'm just going to magically get paid for that. Right. Yeah. So there. So you're facing the realities of an, an anxiousness, mm-hmm. an anxious, anxious urgency, particularly when it's cloudy and the rain's coming in, and it's like, oh, it's not really a good day for busking. Mm-hmm. There is a, yeah. There is there is an art to chilling the jets of anxiousness, and and again, in the beginning of Nowism training, we work on context, mm. context of life your context of life determines your perception of mm. life so we we build it's like being in a little video game you got to build your tools you got to build your your strength and your training outside of the combat moment right so mm-hmm. one of the tools that you learn in nowism is trust mm. is to trust that life is working for you not against you mm-hmm. that a way is made eventually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that that money does come mm-hmm. that the fundamental undertone of the universe is abundance that you actually come from abundance you're made of abundance therefore you're sort of swimming in a sea of abundance mm-hmm. so these are some of the consciousness sort of flexing of the muscles to create a context that will determine your perception so trust is a really big piece to to know that um Yes, I've got to take action, mm. and I can't just sit and dream the dream and hope that the universe is just going to hand me money for no reason. But to but to try and um, sort of cultivate an energy of a of a higher vibration, so that I'm ha- taking inspired action as opposed to <gasps> got a should must action. Like mm-hmm. if I don't, and like that hustle action is very anxiously driven. Mm. Sometimes it can be exciting. But a lot of the time there's a nervousness, like there's a whip behind you, you've got to keep moving. But we, when we anchor ourselves in the energy of trust, trust is also a language. When you trust, you talk to yourself a certain way. A lot of nowism has to do with the commentary that we have with ourselves about not having enough money. So, for instance, I'll give you an actual straight up tool. One of the tools being the reframe. Even though I need to make more money right now, quickly, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like knowing that money always comes. Sure. Even though I have no idea how I'm about to make the next dollar, I do like knowing that this feeling is always temporary because the scene changes. Right. Other characters come along. So even though I feel like my back's against the wall, I'm actually freaking freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. I do like knowing that at least I'm sitting here contemplating and leaning in the direction of a possibility instead of a problem. Right. And so like it's really these little tools that can help soften the hectic conversation that we're having about I don't have money. I've never had any money. My parents didn't have any money. No mm-hmm. one's got any money. And look at the prices of things. Like those conversations inflame the urgency and the anxiousness that we sure. that we have. So the commentary is so important for chilling the jets of emotions in the mm. game of nowism. And when we when we learn how to cultivate a muscle of trust with language and then ultimately posture as well, then the story changes around you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think everything you say can translate so easily towards the anxiety that people are having about the future of their creative tasks and the, what they're doing. Because a lot of people out there are sitting there, they made money being concept artists or whatever, and they're seeing that completely dissolve in front of their eyes, with, right. or, which is not necessarily a truism, mm-hmm, right? right? It's not a truism, mm. but that, that, that fear is like, oh my God, everything I've learned is wasted. Because it's been completely taken over by this machine. Yeah. And it's not, by the way, the machine didn't do it. The yeah. machine doesn't do anything until someone types something into it, right? right? Yeah. So it's hard for them to sort of understand what, the, what it's, what it's going to imply for their future. And I don't blame them. I think they, people have been told that you're going to have a future. People were told you're going to have a future if, as long as you know how to com- program a computer, you're always going to have a future. Turns out computers are better at programming than themselves than p- people are. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> and I can even, you were just talking about this at the CTN Expo that the 2D animators, the original 2D animators, right. thought they'd always have a job in 2D. Right. And then along came Toy Story and some of these other amazing 3D things and the whole culture around 2D changed. Right. And so individuals like Ryan Woodward had to take these animating skills and move towards storyboards. Right. But he responded right. instead of reacting. You know, yes. Maybe he reacted first. Well, it's the same thing. Aaron Sims, who I know as well, Aaron Sims was basically a uh, – he, I mean, he he worked for uh, practical and stop motion guys, and did all mm-hmm. this this you know this uh, uh, miniatures and all that stuff. And then CG came along, and a lot of people just flipped the tables and left the industry. Right. And he was like, well, maybe I'm going to start learning how to make a monster on the computer. Right. And he learned, and then now he you know has his own studio and everything exactly. else. So I think it's important for people to evolve in some way. I'm not necessarily saying that there isn't a reason to be concerned about what AI does and how it works okay. or how what it's trained on. Absolutely. But I do believe that sitting here bitching about it is not going to work. No. And also, how's about um, taking a moment to acknowledge the larger story here? Like, we are a small group of people that are straddling two paradigms right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw our grandparents do that with phones, with cars, with television, with so much technology that was born out of the last hundred years or whatever. Yeah. Like, we are literally in on the precipice of a new era and it's either frightening or exciting right depending on whether we react or respond right and so even though there is definitely um the the use of ai and the same as a knife though right mm-hmm. my knife's going to cut up a pumpkin it can also stab a human right you know electricity can come through a light bulb or it can be used in an electric chair like <laughs> You know, like what is the use of AI? Maybe the problem here is our our moral undertone, the the spiritual sure. undertone. Like you know, there is there is something wonderful happening, and we're all participating. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a <clears throat> that's a good way to to put it. And it's so nice to have a positive view on things. <laughs> You're welcome. So thank you, Kat. and slightly annoying sometimes. I'm sure. No, Ask my husband. <laughs> No, I think you guys are really great. And I was so grateful to meet both of you. I mean, I've met Ryan before, but to meet you in person, because yeah. I've heard from you about you through through Ryan and then the seeing it. And that's so when he's like, oh, well, we're going to be in town. It's like, oh, well, let's get Ken on the podcast because I want to oh, talk about you. nowism. So it's oh, perfect. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. It's been, yeah, really great to dive into your world for a minute and talk about art and all things. Well, not cool. Me diving into your world. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. All right. Thank you. Yeah, bless. <laughs>